Welcome to Fashion Designers Get Paid, a podcast for burnt out fashion designers who want to ditch the toxic rat race, say bye-bye to backstabbing bosses, and work with brands who value and respect them. I'm your host, Heidi, and I believe that you can do things differently in your fashion career. Because the truth is, most industry jobs will underpay and overwork you, and having your own brand is far from profitable. Let's also be honest, most of them fail. So if you actually want to, well, be a fashion designer and get paid, the best way to do it is as a freelancer. Now, maybe you've been told that brands don't accept remote freelancers or that freelancing means being an exploited temp employee working full-time without benefits. Or to work freelance, you have to be a rock star expert with all the skills from design through development. I'm going to show you that it is possible to be a real freelancer in fashion, work remotely with brands you love, and make money, even if you're terrified you don't have all the answers. You got this, and I'm here to help you do it. I think we've all had that feeling when we know we should do something, but we just keep putting it off. Maybe it's starting your freelance fashion career. Maybe it's getting your portfolio done or sending out a pitch to your dream client. Whatever it is, you are procrastinating. If you've tried all the time management tools and Pomodoros out there, but still aren't making progress, spoiler alert, there is something deeper going on and it's likely tied to your emotions about the task. My guest today is Grace Broder, who specializes in helping entrepreneurs overcome procrastination by addressing the root cause cause of self-sabotaging patterns. Grace shares some simple strategies you can use to free yourself from certain emotions and get stuff done. If you know you could be making more progress in your freelance fashion career, but you aren't, you're going to love this episode of Fashion Designers Get Paid. Let's get to it. Hey, real quick, before we jump into the episode, if you're sick of being tied to a desk and want more freedom in your day, I want to help you. Snag my free limited time training, How to Freelance in Fashion, even if you're terrified you don't have all the answers, to learn my five-step freelancing framework so you can work for yourself in fashion and get paid. Get instant access at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it in the show notes. All right, now let's get started. Um, welcome, Grace. Talk to me a little bit about... Your background in this space, you teach people how to be more productive and how to prevent procrastination. Um, where did this all come from in your life? How did this develop? Well, first, thanks for having me. And that's a great question. So I was a perfectionist growing up and, you know, through college and even into my early career as a consultant. And I just found that uh, perfectionism and procrastination kind of went hand in hand, it wasn't so much that I was a lazy student. It was just that I was pushing things up into the deadline because I was so worried that I was going to fail or um, not look good enough or whatever it may be. Yeah. And um, when I saw that, you know, post-college and those all-nighters and uh, cram sessions, uh, <laughs> when I got into my career, when I saw that uh, a lot of that didn't actually go away. In fact, I still put off work, uh, work mm. that was ambiguous or work that I was afraid that I wouldn't do a good job at. Um, then I was like, okay, I'm too tired of this. I have to go out and find solutions, um, which is when I was really trying to look at time management solutions and not really seeing much success with it. Tried therapy, tried yeah. so many different things. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out and try to create a solution of my own. Yeah. So it sounds like this was like a pretty, I mean, I think everyone has pursued some type of time management solution, right? Whether it's like some type of fancy app for a checklist or time blocking or what have you. Um, but to the extent of like going to therapy and like really digging into this, it sounds like it was having a big enough impact on your life where you're like, I got to really resolve this. What were some of those moments where you realized 
this is something bigger that I really have to figure out how to solve. Yeah, that's a good question too. It was really a couple of moments. The last turning point was when I was taking a national park vacation and I was a few years into my career and all the whole time throughout the vacation, I was just thinking about the massive pile of work that I left undone and that I I couldn't really be present on the vacation because my head was just spiraling and and as well, just this feeling over time that built up on Sunday nights or at the evening when, you know, I would say, okay, tomorrow, then I'll finally tackle this. <laughs> it was this massive pro- project that I was sort of spearheading at the time um, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to. <laughs> mm. uh, I was like, oh, I'll tackle it tomorrow morning. And then the morning would come and it was work from home at this point. And Okay. And then I was like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then I'm like in my evening. And so after only so much <laughs> of that, I was just saying, you know what, this is probably something deeper because the calendar blocking the Pomodoro timers and um, just general talk therapy weren't working for me. Okay. So what did you even do to start exploring like how to figure this out? Yeah, it was, uh, so I started with uh, a couple different programs. Um, I'd actually always been interested in coaching. And so it was right along when I was getting this turning point of I've had enough that I was also starting to pursue coaching. And so I had started to learn about uh, the brain and the body, um, really the psychology behind our human behavior, and as well as taking a few certifications. Um and it was when I saw that I started working with energetic, so somatic work, um, that's when I noticed a bit more of a change because um, the way I phrase it, at least in my programs and my clients, is we don't avoid actions, we avoid feelings. And so the mm. best thing you can do is actually go to the root cause, you know, because restructuring your day isn't necessarily going to change how you feel about a task if it makes yeah. you feel overwhelmed or fearful. Yeah. Yeah, And so once I started really addressing the fears, the feelings, the, the doubts, then it got a lot easier to start my work ahead of time. Okay. So it sounds like if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I've tried all the time management tools and all the different things and it's still not getting done, then it's time to look at something deeper. Like you said, addressing the emotion. How do you even start to address the emotion or like identify the, you know, what the emotion is and, and what does that process look like? Yeah, so you could think of just something that's a large project, maybe that makes you a bit overwhelmed, or maybe a, an initiative that you've wanted to take, whether you're growing your uh, business or just starting off, um, or even a project at home, maybe or it still could be applicable. And if you just yeah. think about that in your mind, and you let that sit, and you let the thoughts start to come, thoughts have a direct impact on our feelings. And so you might experience thoughts like, oh, I just really don't want to do this. But you also might experience thoughts like, what if I don't do this? What if I, you know, there's so much to do in so little time, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then you can begin to notice, okay, just where in your body are you experiencing that? This is a disconnect for a lot of people. Essentially, we experience that feeling and then we're picking up our phone to distract from it because it's a way mm. of numbing from that feeling. And so... If you just wait while those thoughts are going through and notice, okay, do you feel tension in your stomach? Do you feel tension in your throat, in Mm. your chest? And there is where the emotion lives Um, because our our feeling is basically how we are experiencing it. Someone experiencing, two people experiencing anxiety could look very different, someone feeling it 
you know, in their chest or someone feeling it more in their throat, for example. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, I'd love to maybe like just sort of put this into some context. So most people listening are either freelancing in fashion or they're aspiring to be freelance fashion designers. And so I know you work with people of all capacities, but I imagine there's a lot of freelancers in there. Um, where do you see, or I can identify too, if you don't have like a, a great starting point for an example of like someone wanting to start their freelance business, like where might that first sticking point be where they're like, okay, some type of emotional overwhelm where it's not just the to-do list thing. Um, and what might that maybe overwhelm or anxiety, you know, can you give some specific examples of how that could look in, in the capacity of freelancing? Yeah, of course. I know when I think about myself, when I was first starting my business, I was yeah. experiencing doubts and fears like, what will people think if I do this? Mm. Can I do this? Or, you know, posting online, that could be cringy or embarrassing. And this like worry of, you know, what is, you know, my friend from high school or aunt going to think if they find <laughs> yeah. my Instagram, like, who is she? And so we might experience thoughts like, you know, who do you think you are to start uh, a freelance when all we've known is, you know, say doing a, a standard job or you yeah. know, working for someone, which is totally fine too, and actually can be very supportive in you building your side business. Yeah. And so I think the time management tools are great. And I will say um, certain therapy I've received is great as well. Um, so I don't say they won't help, but it's in conjunction with really working with your feelings. And so I would brain dump, for example, all those things out on a piece of paper and just get really concrete about what you're thinking. Because a lot of times you can bring up what's unconscious to your conscious mind. And then you know a little bit more about what you're working uh, mm -hmm. working with. And then uh, it might be looking at, okay, what am I specifically worried about? And writing that out as well. Okay. Um, instead of, oh, I'm just so lazy. I'm not like starting my business. Mm -hmm. I'm just scrolling. I'm looking at other people you know, consuming more courses or consuming more information mm -hmm. rather than actually acting on it, which is how we normally best learn. Okay. All right. So I'm having, um, just to use your example, I'm having a lot of self-doubt and like, what are people going to think of it? Right. So I've got this emotion and I've written a lot of it down and I feel it, let's say in my chest. I know I always feel anxiety in my chest. So, <laughs> um, so we've identified that. And then how do we go through like starting to resolve that or shift the energy or something like what what is the next step there to to relieve ourselves a little work bit that feeling yeah, yeah, yeah. Work with that feeling <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I I work with a therapist as well I'm always like mm -hmm. all feelings are good feelings and <laughs> we just have to work through them so yeah yeah I know they, we can hear a lot of things like just feel your feelings or get comfortable yeah. with being uncomfortable yeah. and all these things and then it's actually putting it into practice um, so I see two things at play. And the first is that by working through your fears and reframing a lot of them, the ones that are specifically tied to what you're putting off. So for example, okay. reframing how you look at failure, reframing how you look at someone maybe judging your posts, it can pull a lot of the anxiety away because it's in like, oh, I actually don't care. So that can be a process in and of itself into lowering them. But okay. let's say we can't lower it and we've just got the feeling in here and we're like, I just want to work today. I just want to get some things done. Yeah. Um, one tool, for example, I found uh, after you do that kind of brain dump, you get everything out. That alone can relieve some anxiety because our head can only hold on to so yeah. much at one point. Um, yeah. So I would definitely do that. I would definitely make a more condensed list 
of what you're focusing on for the day, because that can help reduce overwhelm as well. So instead of thinking, starting your whole freelancing business, for example, it's like, what's the smallest next step I can take? Yeah. You will get a lot less overwhelmed if you do that um, versus thinking about the big picture, comparing to others, thinking of all the what if scenarios. Um, But then the feeling specifically, uh, which I think is uh, more of what you were asking, I found a really good tool to work through that is uh, emotional freedom technique. Um, And this is a bit, yeah, EFT. Is it tapping a little bit? It's tapping. Yeah, I've done Mm -hmm. a little bit of tapping. Yeah. See, people, I I find they either have no idea what it is and they're largely skeptical like I was when I first (laughs) tried it. They've tried it, but they've tried it a couple of times. They haven't really like built it into their routine mm-hmm. um, or they're just obsessed because they, they, they <laughs> made it past that point. Um, but in terms of quick tools that I can cover, at least on this interview and instead of my, like, my whole slew of them sure, that I sure. cover in my programs, I'll yeah. focus in on this one because what I've seen, it, it's probably the easiest I could explain um, okay. as well as um, what I've seen can provide the most rapid anxiety relief or mm. overwhelm relief or even burnout, sadness, like anything that releases, it's, uh, it's designed to help the energy move through you. Like emotions are energy in motion. Yeah. And by ignoring it, it like kind of gets stuffed down. And so this is what really helps um, you release it, okay. um, which would come in the form of like yawning, crying, or just feeling better and like a bit lighter, which is often yeah. what happens for me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you have any um, tapping videos or EFT videos we could link people through? I actually send a lot of people to uh, Brad Yates on YouTube. So yeah. Okay, um, okay. We'll add him because to the show he has, uh, Yeah, he has, he has like a whole slew, like the largest library, at least I know of, of free tapping okay. videos. Um, okay. I do have tapping videos inside of my courses specific to procrastinators and perfectionist Uh, people pleasers okay um but nothing specifically on my channels for free i would just direct them to okay uh, check out brad yates he's got brad yates okay gotcha so Mm -hmm. i'm that person in the middle i've like tried it a handful of times it feels a little funny you're like literally tapping your finger on your face or various parts of your body and stuff over and over and you're like saying these various words um i don't I think I just tried it a few times and how, how deep into it do you feel like you have to get to maybe build some type of muscle or start to be like, yeah, okay, this is something I can like, oh, in 30 seconds, if I'm feeling anxious, I can do this quick tapping and it just becomes part of your routine. There's a little bit of a learning curve or a hump. So the first thing is, I think that sometimes um, the other videos out there can make it a bit more complicated. And what okay. I, I use one simple line is from uh, kind of the faster EFT method, which is I release and let this go. Oh, and I just that's go through, it. That's it. And like that, I, so I found that introducing a lot more simplicity and kind of a shortened mm. method to my clients gets them to actually use it when they're like, they're sitting, they're feeling frozen, or mm. they're just experiencing that swelling in their chest. It's okay. just immediately start to do that with somatic work it's often best to like work with your body to move around and so the best thing you can actually really do is not create stories about what you're feeling which okay is so simple in theory but very hard in practice so people are like oh I'm feeling sad why am I feeling sad I'm feeling anxious I wish I wasn't feeling anxious instead this is just trying to bypass that and saying like release and let this go and you're tapping on the various uh, points, um, points that are based very similarly um, 
to like ac- acupuncture. It comes from like the same mm. Chinese medicine uh, practices. So I think that often first, if you need to, just like go into the research about like all the clinical studies done on this. Otherwise, it will seem kind of too good to be true. Um, or like a little woo-woo or something. Yeah. <laughs> a little woo, a little out there. <laughs> but emotions, we can't see our emotions, right? Yeah. Like we, we know they're in there. All we can do is kind of rate ourselves before and after we try it and go in saying, hey, it's five minutes. And the worst case scenario is I tried something for five minutes. The best yeah. case scenario is a great tool to work. Uh, I feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll get back to the episode in about 20 seconds. But real quick, if you're scared to freelance in fashion without a steady paycheck, I want to show you exactly how to get a full list of clients so you can pay your bills and so you don't get your hopes up and then have to go right back to the fashion job you hate. I share it all in my free limited time training, how to freelance in fashion. Even if you're terrified, you don't have all the answers. Get instant access at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it in the show notes. All right, now back to the episode. So earlier you mentioned reframing. I want to like talk about that a little bit more specifically and look at some examples. So you you said it sort of in the context of, right, I'm going to put this, put myself out there as a freelancer and what is my high school friend going to think? What is my aunt going to think, right? How do we reframe that situation? What does that look like? Yeah, so... I think the first thing for this specific scenario that you could do is just um, look at writing down what's everything that won't happen if you don't do this, uh, like, or it what will happen if you don't do this, I should say, instead of a double negative, but like, what will happen if you don't do this? Yeah, or okay. everything that won't, like, just get clear on more about, you know, if I never start this channel, if that's what they want to do, like, start on Instagram. Um, what's that going to mean? Okay, well, I may never be able to release my passions to the world. I may never Mm -hmm. be able to try something more fulfilling. I may never, like, I always will wonder what if, and like getting really clear on that can actually create more motivation to take the steps because it puts Ah. into picture, right, this is so much more important than like that random person whose opinion I'm worried about. Um, so that's one step you could take. Another is thinking about, I always have my clients say, okay, like when's the last time you scrolled through your feed and you thought more than two seconds about someone's post? Ah, the spotlight fallacy. Yeah. It's just like, I think we all are like, you go to the gym for the first time. You're like, everyone's looking at me and how stupid I look. And it's like, when have you ever looked at someone in the gym and thought like, oh, you're so stupid. You don't know what you're doing. No, everyone's (laughs) just like focused on themselves, focused on what they're posting And it really, like, what people think, I tell my clients this, like, has little to no effect on what is most important to you. It does. It has no effect on your family. Like, Mm -hmm. these random people, right? Like, of course, you want to care what your, you know, like, immediate circle cares. Yeah. (laughs) And um, if they're good friends, they they won't judge you for this sort of a thing. But, um, like, those random people, the ones you're usually worried about, they're going to have no impact on your income, no impact on like your close circle, your day-to-day activities. It's just going to live as a thought. And the more you actually act and see, look, like nothing bad happened to me, like that action will start to really pull out that fear. But you kind of have to do it a little bit scared at the beginning to kind of show your brain like, look, we're okay. (laughs) Okay. It's a little bit of a muscle. Yeah, there's a little bit of muscle. Those like some of those reframes will help. And again, it will be unique to you know, that thing that you're uh, worried about, you know, but again, like a 
a reframe even for anything, not just starting your business. I've always turned uh, success into like just trying and defining failure is I'm just never going to give it a shot. Um, and then by that definition, it's like, oh, there's not so much to worry about as long as I'm just taking moves with it. Like I'm learning, mm-hmm. like there isn't failure. There's just feedback. Okay. So if I understood that correctly, it's like, it's not this air quote success. It's I'm just taking action. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, moving the thing forward. Is that, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Like with people putting their, for example, posting on Instagram, they might get caught up on like how many likes it gets or it here's totally. It's like the success is posting it. <laughs> the success is like uh, writing yeah. your thoughts out and okay. doing it regardless of what happens. The failure is you, if you never even tried. Failure is not getting zero likes. Failure is not doing Mm -hmm. it. And success is just posting the thing regardless of the engagement or the end result. Exactly. Yeah. It's like giving yourself a try. And then it's like, okay, we're not feeling failure unless we're literally not trying. Um, And I think that can be applicable for so many things, like even starting your business, not even posting, but just like taking initial steps on your freelancing business. Yeah. That... Okay, I'm going to have to practice some of this stuff because that's definitely easier said than done. I think we all feel the emotion on Instagram, whether it's a personal account or some type of ber- uh, business account, right? And you're like, Ugh. and and I think for some of us, it that emotion can linger for a long time and it can cause various action or inaction into the future. And some people, you might feel it for... I, for me, I feel it for a blip and I'm like, okay, moving on to the next thing. Um, it's hard to completely, you know, avoid some of those little roller coasters, um, just due to the nature of we are all visible in this online world. But as you said earlier, not everybody is paying as much attention as we think. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. And I think the expectations we have with ourselves is really what's going to help set us up for success or make us you know, sit in that, you know, extra, oh, no one liked it. You know, if your expectation Mm -hmm. is more of like, is low attachment to what the result is going to be, if the expectation is that, you know, not every post will be a home run, maybe it will Mm -hmm. kind of look like this or Mm -hmm. like, I make my expectation, it's a matter of at-bats. And the more swings I take, the more likely I'm going to hit a home run with something. Mm -hmm. Um, my business looks wildly different today than it did when I started. And it was because I just action after action. And so when you can really sit into that, like, what are the expectations of yourself? Are they realistic? And like, how can you grow unattached to the outcome? Make things a whole lot easier when, you know, you're not met with immediate feedback, when, you know, you're in the valley of despair, just kind of being like, is this all worth nothing? All those thoughts and fears will always come up if you're an entrepreneur. So then what are your thoughts on, because I feel like there's a divided, there's a division on goals. Like some people are like, make realistic goals. You know, there's the whole like SMART um, acronym. And and one of those letters is R, which is it should be realistic. But then you've got this other like camp of people who, what is it? The big BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals where it's like, they're huge. And like, there's this whole 10 X philosophy of like, go after this big thing. Um, and I know for me, like expectations are massive. If I, I, I kind of have vacillated between the two and, and the, the sense of disappointment 
can be hard when you don't hit that BHAG or however they call it on that big, hairy, audacious goal. So, you know, for someone who's maybe struggling with procrastination and productivity, which is ultimately tied to the root of like some deeper emotion that's going on, um, it sounds like you're in the camp of more realistic goals, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and how that can help us manage what we do or don't get done. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, it doesn't have to be separate. Like, I think you can have a big goal for yourself. When I started off naively, or I don't know, kind of, um, I look back and I laugh at myself, but I had the goal of quitting my job and growing a hundred thousand followers within the first year of starting off. Okay. And this was inspiring for me, but where I had the low attachment piece was, um, like, how quickly it happened or also what happens at all the steps in between. And mm. so when I was meeting with a client for the first time, I wasn't attached to if they were saying, yes, I want to work with you or not. I'm like, I'm just going to mm. have a conversation and reduce that pressure. When I was sending out videos, I'm like, this could be it. This might be a flop. And mm. that's where that low attachment piece is. I think with goals, okay. we all we can do is just focus on what are the things that you have control over? Mm -hmm. What are all the actions that you can take to make this goal happen or not make your fear happen? And go heads down on that. The rest is super out of our control. We can influence certain things for sure. Me posting more influences if I would get that growth. But like where I, where I do my kind of goal setting is that I do have big goals for myself, but I'm not holding it over my head when there are certain things that are not necessarily in my hands. I'm just focusing on like, what are all the steps that I could take to get there? Okay. Again, aligning the success with you taking action, not the end result that comes from that with, while also still having this big goal or milestone in, in your mind. Yeah. If it inspires you, use it. If it makes you, okay. if it feels daunting or like yeah. you're going to hold it over your head if you don't, then maybe choose something that feels, you know, more realistic for you that, you know, feels better for your nervous system. And then sure. you can always grow it from there. So I think it's really important to practice personal discernment when you're choosing how to pick your goals. And for me, at least how I educate my clients, like a lot of the work and a lot of like the success of these two systems or any other goal setting system comes down to you working through uncomfortable feelings, working through fears, holding yourself to the actions and I think the like uncovering the fears and like removing those blocks is honestly what will prevent people from reaching what they set out to do to start. So I would just really focus in on that area okay. and whatever system that you pick for goals will probably have more, a higher rate of success. Okay. It's really about, okay, I'm not getting the thing done for whatever reason. There's got to be something deeper, emotional, a feeling attached to that. So writing down a lot of those emotions, those feelings, kind of identifying what that looks like, reframing, tapping, releasing that emotion. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, to sum it up simply, is that the basis of the magic? Yeah, it's going to depend a lot on like where you're getting blocked. So these okay. are all tools. And maybe sometimes all I need to do you know, I've done this work for years now. Maybe all I need to do is dump out my thoughts and create a better map for my system that feels more comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, but Grace, four years ago, was a lot more anxious and a lot more overwhelmed. 
And so she had more like deep, deep work uh, to go through. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes that can feel daunting uh, for some people instead of looking at it like, okay, this is going to be a journey. And every time I take 10 minutes to work through this, uh, it's going to get better and better. Mm -hmm. Um, Because some people could be like, okay, that sounds like a lot of steps. That's going to take me (laughs) 15, 20 minutes, whatever. But then they'll spend the day productively procrastinating, cleaning their kitchen Mm. or like doing some like checking on their email or going to like study a course instead of actually implementing on what they learned in a course, like over researching. Like there are so many ways that we will end up wasting time (laughs) if you don't work through what's blocking you. And yes, there's some like forcing grit through it, but like we get really drained when that happens versus when you're like feeling light, when you're feeling relaxed, that's when you'll probably do the most work. Yeah. I'm, um, I work with a therapist and we're doing some IFT work. I'm not sure if you're familiar, internal family systems, but anyways, um, and it can feel a little like weird. Some of the processes that you go through to, to work through that stuff and work with all your parts. But, um, it has taken a bit of a muscle for me just to relate it to back to some of the stuff you're saying. It's It's been a bit of a muscle to develop. I've been working with this particular therapist for about six, eight months, actually closer to 10. And at first I was like, okay. And I would do it when I was with her. And then slowly I was like, at first I was kind of avoiding like, oh, nope, I'll just power through my day. I'll just power through my day. I'll just power through mm-hmm. my day. Right. And then I was like, nope, I'm going to take that five minutes, that 10 minutes even and once you build that muscle, whether it's through whatever ever process, um, that 10 minutes is like a priceless investment in yourself. You like shed all this extra anxiety or overwhelm or emotion that's just not really serving you. And you do, you walk away so much lighter. And I'm just in the past few weeks learning that like, okay, that five, 10 minutes is really worth it. Despite all the other things I, I can be busy doing. You need to sit with that for a few minutes and get over that hump. And it's so much better on the other side. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how our brain, like in that moment, it's not (laughs) the brain, the, you know, the one that is kind of the higher level thinking, the prefrontal cortex, um, it's often not the one that will run out our um, like Trump over our fear brain, our lizard brain essentially is what people sometimes call it. Um, that's, uh, more like living in that feeling and just wanting to avoid it. Um, but I found can really help in those situations, whether it's a task you don't want to do, like putting away your dishes or, you know, a small next step in your business or, or you're in starting up your freelancing, um, is just focusing on like, how will you feel when you've done it? Whether you, Mm. you know, it's doing that simple exercise that will help you and you know how you'll feel and let that sink in a bit or how will you feel you know, when you get your taxes done ahead of time or how will you feel when you finally book that doctor's appointment? Like, let that feeling sink in because we're moved by our feelings. We're moved away from the ones we don't want to experience. And that can also help kind of like flip the equation where we're like, oh, I want to feel that way. Like, let's match that feeling with the smallest first step that you could take, even if that's like closing your laptop to just do that five minute exercise. Sure, sure. Wow. Okay. So that's maybe like a little bit of a reframe, right? Like looking at this end result that I'm going to get and how am I going to feel with that? And okay, I'm going to work through this fear or this overwhelm because I know on the other side is this result that I really want. Exactly. For like using that for 
you know, the, the exercise you were talking about or like a little self-care exercise that, you know, will help you with your feelings. You can also use that, um, for things outside of it as well. Stuff you're just not doing, like how I feel if I just, you know, instead of going to bed with the dishes, not put away, like I put (laughs) away them now and it only takes, oh, it only takes five minutes. It's like match the feeling with the time frame. You're like, oh, I'm more likely to do this similar with the exercise that that you had. It's just a way to introduce like a touch of motivation. When yeah. again, all we want to do is just kind of want to veg and <laughs> avoid the feeling like, where do I want to do this? We want to just escape. Like, and that's a very normal human thing to do. Yeah. But I also know in the morning when I wake up to a clean kitchen, it'll be really nice. Exactly. Like, how will you feel? And like, let that sink in. A bit more yeah. motivating. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of these great tips and and helping us kind of get in touch with our emotions and and address these things because they're real and we do feel them. And like you said, we don't see them, but it's genuinely happening inside of our bodies. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you and find you online? Thanks for asking. I think that uh, with Coach Grace and on Instagram or TikTok uh, would be the best for just getting free content as well as uh, finding some of my free workshops that I have. Um, but then if you want to look at my site, that is gracebroder.com. Okay, awesome. We'll link to all that in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Grace. It was lovely to get to know you. Oh, thank you so much, Heidi. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Fashion Designers Get Paid podcast. If this episode inspired you in any way to get out of the mass-produced rat race and get your fashion career out of the hands of toxic corporate bosses, just like one of my students did, Alexandra, who makes more money in one day of freelancing than she did in two weeks at her old industry job, Yes, true story. I'd love to help you take control of your own destiny as a freelance fashion designer or TD, PD, pattern maker, etc. Get instant access to my free limited time training at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it up in the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. We release new episodes every Monday to help inspire you for or help you get through the week ahead. You got this. Me and my team are rooting for you.